You're listening to The Bizarro Files, a Scarlet Rhapsody podcast. Zaro Files. Man, have there been way too many podcasts this last week. And guess what? They're still coming because nerdy news just pops up and hits us in the head and says, hey, well, you need to talk about us. And what are the us I'm talking about? Why, it's the cast list for Star Wars Episode 7, which I am currently calling Star of the Avenging Revenger. Until we get an actual name. It will be Star of the Revenging Avenger. And we got a cast list, which is interesting because a lot of what they were saying is that it was going to be a big announcement on May the 4th, and it is not. It came a week early. So, Well, you never know what they might announce on May the 4th because they're just trickling all the information in, much like Sailor Moon Crystal. Yes, and if you don't recognize that voice, that is the voice of our boss lady, Miss Scarlet. She is here with me. We are both super Star Wars nerds, and one of us is secretly a Star Trek nerd, but we won't say which one to leave it's the Jared. mystery. He's in the closet about it. Mm-hmm, says the TNG fan. Anyhow, we have been looking over the cast list, and we'll just give a couple of our thoughts based on these actors and uh, who they could possibly play. Now, granted, we don't have a plot line. We don't even have a subtitle. So these are obviously just based on what these people look like or what they've done in the past. Uh, for those who are wondering, yes, the original heroes are back. We have Luke, we have Leia, we have Han, we have Chewie, all played by the original actors. We have R2-D2 and C-3PO played by the original actors. So they're all back. We know who they're playing. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just hoping they don't shoehorn them in as much as the prequels did with the um, rest of it. Well, with um, C-3PO and some of the other ca- characters that we know. But I just hope they play they play an important role but are not forced or shoved into it that makes any sense as i understand it the way jj abrams wants to do episode seven is to do it as a send-off to the original heroes and an introduction of who will be the heroes of uh, episodes eight and nine so jedi retirement castle yeah more or less the the leaked thing and this is very this is so rumor i'm sure it was made up by someone is that it's going to begin with Luke and Leia being captured by the Empire or some other a- alien entity, and their kids finding Luke on Tanui to get his help in uh, saving their parents. That's what I've heard is a possible plot line, but I've heard a lot of things. Hell, for a while there we heard that Thrawn was going to be in it, and he was going to be played by the dude from Sherlock. So that's clearly not the case. He is not on the list. In fact, he confirmed prior to this list being released that he is not in it. Um, though he did he did have a... Um, I can't remember who it was, but he, he made reference to, to another actor who actually isn't on this list either. So it's kind of... Um, shoot, who was it? Um, crud. The bad guy from Lost in Space. Gary Oldman. God, it's so sad I remember him from that. 
Uh, but Gary Oldman, he did reference Gary Oldman, and so a lot of people were thinking Gary Oldman was going to be in as like a Sith Lord or something. He's not on this list. Who knows? Yeah, further ado, I mean, I think my only issue I have with the original cast, just we'll just get this out of the way, is that while Mark Hamill, I think, will be fine, he probably needs to lose some weight or something, I'm sure, I'm sure he's gained a little bit, and Carrie Fisher needs to get her crap together because she's always on and off drugs. Those two, I think, can do it, at least for the filming of one movie. Um, my issue is Peter Mayhew has had joint issues for a long time because uh, taller people tend to have those issues as they get older. So I don't know how much running and jumping Chewie's going to be able to do. And I kind of feel sorry for him. I'm glad they got him back. But it doesn't really matter. He's a dude in a suit. I think what they're going to do with Chewie, this is just my guesstimation, he'll probably have a CGI Chewbacca and just have Peter Mayhew do the voiceover. He didn't do the voice. The voice was created by, like, camel noises or something like that. He didn't do the, the growl noises. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was the dude in the suit. Um, so it's one of those ones where I'm like, I don't know. I'm glad he's there. It's, it's kind of a thing like that. I'm glad he's there, but it's not like... It would, if they had anyone else in the Chewbacca suit, or if they even had a CG Chewbacca that looked realistic, I'd be fine with it either way, honestly. Um, I'm, I'm amazed Kenny Baker's still alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no offense, I don't mean like I, in that in a negative way. It's just, I thought he was dead. And I was like, Kenny Baker will be back as R2-D2. And I'm like, good for him. That's a horrible role, role, but an awesome role. But again, he's a kind of a dude in a suit that doesn't talk. You know, and I think that's my issue, is that those dudes in suits could all just be replaced. Um, and I don't mean that in like a negative or morbid way. I'm saying that like putting like a 70-some-year-old dude in a big, hairy Wookiee suit and then have him walk around in the desert. But they have, but they actually did confirm um, like people like Chewbacca, Anthony Daniels, and um, and R2-D2 will be reprising their roles. Yeah, they will okay. be their characters. Because I was thinking, well, because you mentioned, like, it's easy to replace those types of people because they're in the suit, I imagine, like, well, maybe they might cameo as something else in the background. Well, the thing with Anthony Daniels is you could get someone else to walk around as C-3PO, but you need Anthony Daniels for the voice. Like, you just couldn't do that. And they could do something just like they did Darth Vader, where, you know, James Earl Jones was not walking around in that armor. You know, it was, um, shoot, what was the actor in the suit for Darth Vader? Peter Cushing? No. No? Damn close. it. <laughs> shoot, I can't remember the name of the actor in the suit, and I, I feel bad, because it's, it's also a different guy than who played the face of dying Darth Vader as well. Um, so basically we've had three different actors in just the original trilogy playing Darth Vader. A voice, a suit guy, and the dying face of Vader. Um, and also, subsequently, the ghost that got replaced by, by Christian Hid Kid, Kid from episodes two and three. Hayden Christianson guy. Um, no one from the prequels, I'm not counting Kenny Baker or Anthony Daniels, but no one from the. There's no, Natalie Portman is not on the list. Hayden Christianson is not on the list. Um, Hell, even Ray Park isn't on the list, and for those who watch Clone Wars, you know that Darth Maul lives, because why not? It's it's stupid, but whatever. I'm, I'm kind of against it, but if you can tell a cool story of Darth Maul, why not? But, you know, him just randomly appear in Episode 7 would just be weird. <laughs> but you're still alive. So hopefully they'll just kill him off when they do Star Wars Rebels. Oh, that's the other rumor, is that characters from Rebels will show up in Episode 7. But... 
Yeah. We'll worry about that when Rebels comes out. So in the meantime, the first person on the list I think we should talk about because of what he could do is, is Andy Serkis. For those who don't know, Andy Serkis was the physical actor that they used for this for the motion capture for Gollum in The Lord of the Rings and for Caesar the Monkey in uh, Planet of the Apes, uh, the new Planet of the Apes movies, and King Kong in the new King Kong movie, and a couple other things I think he's done motion capture he's, stuff for. He's a very physical actor, and he does a lot of amazing things, so right now I'm guesstimating um, they're probably going to have a very interesting creature um, for him to play. And he does the voice, I think he does the voice for Gollum, and I he does. think he did the voice for Caesar as well. Uh, so he does the voices as well for certain characters. My fear is he's going to be some weird alien who's the silly comic relief. We're going to get another Jar Jar. I don't think they're going to go in that direction. God, I'm hoping they don't. Because I think Lucas even knew that Jar Jar was a big mistake. Because you saw that Jar Jar had less and less of a role as the prequels progressed. And one could argue that it was because of Jar Jar the Empire took over. Yeah, there actually is a whole way to actually point all these faults to Jar Jar. Um, the interesting thing is because there's so many aliens, both existing and that they could just make up, you know, even to just suggest who or what Andy Serkis could play is up in the air. There's certain characters I wouldn't mind to actually see from the expanded universe because they could use them still. They were referenced in the movies like, uh, Garm, uh, shoot, not Garmbella, this, um, the heck was the name of the Bothan? The head Bothan guy, I uh, can't remember his name off the top of my head, um, but he could play he could play some sort of Bothan dude, or something along those lines. Uh, obviously, they could make some new alien thing, and honestly, I'm cool with him playing some sort of weird Sith alien. I'm cool with him playing some sort of space gangster alien. Uh, there's really nothing they could do with him other than dumb comic relief that I would. I wouldn't complain about it. I can't see my, myself complaining about it, but I'm assuming he's motion capturing for some sort of cool-looking alien. Next on our list... Stupid laptop. Harrison Ford? No. Is, uh, Dom... Dom... Dom Hell Gleason. Uh, who most people would know, at least American audiences would really know, as Bill Weasley in the uh, Harry Potter movies. He's been in several other things, usually is a more of a minor character. Uh, I think he was even in Dread as like a techie. <laughs> he was the, uh, the what, the, the father who was in the Ministry of Magic, or was he the brother who was in the, the Bill. Ministry of Magic? He was the brother, Bill's okay. the brother. Not the twins. No. He was like the eldest who was... Um... The one who marries uh, Fleur. Okay. So he, he played a prominent role and lived. <laughs> uh, and got all scared up and stuff too. Good British actor, young. Um, you can see kind of in this photo here that we have, we have uh, IMDb open as we're recording this for those who care, so we can double check on stuff and get the names right. You know, kind of a lighter hair. Ginger. Yeah, he's, he's a ginge. He could possibly play somebody's kid. I could buy him as Luke's kid or possibly Han or Leia's, one of their kids. I could also buy him as like one of Luke's um, trainees or Padawans later on because he does yep. look somewhat, let's say, born 83, so he's kind of like in early 30s, late 20s kind of thing. So maybe a Padawan that's gone on to close, 
still a student, but still has ways to go to be a master. Now here's the other point. He's British, and if we remember our Star Wars lore, British means you're evil. So he could also be some sort of young Imperial, you know, upstart commander guy, or something along those lines, or possibly some sort of Coruscantian senator. Since I'm assuming that the British accent comes from Coruscant in the Star Wars universe, since it looks like most of the people on Coruscant have a British accent, which is kind of odd, but whatever. No, I thought like Coruscant was one of the more diverse planets. Well, it has like every alien race there because it's a whole planet that's covered by a city. Or are you, or are you just like talking about like the people who have status, status have British accents? The status ones, senators and things along those Aside lines. Aside from Mace Windu, he speaks basic mother. Yes, he does, but that's what makes him awesome. Yeah, a lot of his other things falling down in here are a lot, a lot of things I've never really heard of. But he wasn't True Grit as the kid. A lot of these look like um, British shorts, British-based uh, TV series, and it seems like, going by the list, like his current claim to fame is Bill Weasley in the Harry Potter series. Yeah, but I think that's kind of good. Also, I think I was wrong. I, I didn't see Dread on here at all. I was thinking of I did else. see Dread. It was oh, the was current it? one, yes. Okay, yeah. Then yes, I was right. He was like a techie. He was a minor role in Dread. Um, there's a lot you could do. I, I like the idea of him as a Padawan. I, I hope he keeps his accent and doesn't force some sort of, like, non-accent. Um, seeing him as a bad guy would be interesting just because it looks very different than anything else he's done. He, that is to say, him playing a villain. But I don't know if I could take a ginger villain seriously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, no offense, but gingers are not particularly threatening because they're so lanky and pale. But good looking dude, and I think he could play something cool. And I'm, I like that as a choice. It's, it's not a choice that I remember anyone really bringing up on uh, any of the major podcasts or anything. I have talked about it. The next one, the guy who's been rumored since most of this year, Adam Driver. You would know him from Girls. He plays a guy with no shirt. Yeah. Uh, and I, is into water sports. He is, he is I believe... Uh, and semi-rapes. You And I think he's like slightly older than me, but looks a lot older than me. Because um, I think he was born in 80. Yeah. Here, but I think I'll jump on his IMDb. For those of you, you guys who are listening in, Girls is pretty much HBO's hipster porno done by Leonard Dunham. I could go on a separate rant about it. Essentially, um, Adam Driver plays the um, dull love interest of Leonard Dunham's character. You know what's really weird about Girls? Is it supposed to be like a bunch of young, sexy, like late 20s, early 30s people, and yet the chicks who are in their 40s in, in Sex and the City, way hotter. Figure that one out, people. How are the people in Girls not as attractive as the people in Sex and the City? Well, it's supposed to be like a story about millennials surviving in New York, but a lot, but like I said, I can go on a whole nother show rant about everything wrong with Girls. Yeah. But getting back to Adam Driver, um, from what I've seen, seen of girls, because I have to watch this for my own sake of analyses, um, he plays like this dull, kind of losery boyfriend of the main character, and I, I guess he's he's one of the more interesting characters of the show. Like when the dull guy is an interesting character. Yeah, but <laughs> well, when like a lot of the other characters are just a bunch of vapid morons, like. You have the one guy that's 
somewhat decent question mark. There is a questionable rape sequence. I don't know, but <laughs> anywho. But I'm looking at him. I'm thinking maybe one of Han's kids. See, I've heard other people say that. I'm actually going a different direction with this dude. Mm -hmm. uh, because of the little factoid in here, apparently he was a Marine at one point. Still fairly buffed out. Well, yeah, that's why he keeps his shirt off and girls. He's buffed out. He has dark hair. Follow me on this. Mandalorian. He is some sort of, like, new Mandalorian warrior. You could have a whole cool, like, new set of Mandalorians we could watch and really like, and he'd be kind of a cool villain-ish character, bounty hunter type. I could buy that. He, Because, yeah, for his age, he's just about, he's, he's a little older than 30, so if this is supposed to be 30 years later, Han and Leia probably didn't have kids right after Return of the Jedi, so I'm expecting the kids to be a little bit on the younger side. I'm expecting them to be late teens, early 20s. Adam Driver could not play that. He could play late 20s. Yeah, because I'm looking at his profile photo and even like his stature and his mannerisms in girls, I can see him playing someone older, like one of, like I said, one of Han's predecessors. Or I think you do have a good point there about playing a buffed out um, bounty hunter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at this point, if we're going to go and say Boba Fett is dead, if we said that he got killed in the Starlight Pit like a loser, and, and all the expanded universe stuff about him coming out and restarting the Mandalorian army and things like that never happened. I would love... Oh, you want a successor of Boba Fett. He was like some Mandalorian that Boba Fett was training. So we could have like him kind of wearing very reminiscent armor of Boba Fett's, but not actually Boba Fett's armor. Just like how Jango has a reminiscent of Boba. This guy could have a... You know, because it's a Mandalorian armor. It's just how it's painted. But I have a similar painting coloration to that. I could buy him as that. He wouldn't need the... Aussie, or not Aussie, the uh, Kiwi accent uh, that the actor from uh, who played Django Fett did, and that's why all yeah. his clones have the accent, because apparently accent is genetic. Did not realize that. Thanks, Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, he has a very generic American accent. Yeah, and that's why I could see, and he was rumored, you know, I, I, I think the rumor was he was going to be one of the solo kids or something along those lines, but because of just how much more mature he looks and his build, I still think he'd be a really cool looking bounty hunter character or some Mandalorian maybe they have to team up with. You know, make the Mandalorians good guys. They're, they're kind of more neutral on, on anything. They're not really evil per se. All right, who do we have next? Our next person is Oscar Isaac. A little bit on the older side. Yeah. Seeing some peppering in the hair. Yeah, let's see if it has his... He was a 1980 kid. Okay. He's a... Latin American from Guatemala. So a lot of his stuff I'm not hugely familiar with either, but he's a graduate of Juilliard and has done uh, Broadway. Ooh, uh, does it have his Broadway credits? It does not have them on the IMDb. It, I think it does if I go to like the uh, uh, factoids section. Because if he's done like more Broadway, more um, stage work, Chances are, like, a lot of his film roles that we're seeing here right now are probably minor parts. Yeah, because Prince John in the Robin Hood movie wasn't all that big. Uh, Blue Jones from Sucker Punch, I don't remember, but I don't remember a lot about Sucker Punch because that movie was terrible. Um, yeah, um, I'm seeing the typical Law & Order credit that Broadway actors have. Yeah, so do some. most of the people on uh, this list have done that. Uh, oh, soundtracks, will probably that. tell us what... Uh, what, what original Broadway he's on. Uh, let's see. I performed a song for Sucker Punch. Uh, ten years performer for 
that. Uh, won't back down. And uh, inside, Lewin, Lewin Davis. Well, so the guy's got some like music chops on him. <laughs> He'll be the new Snice Noodles. I was just thinking that. <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's a horrible thought. <laughs> it's a hilarious thought. Uh, because there has been singing Jedi before. Oh, uh, has there? Yeah, I. Oh, I, I forgot um, who it was. Mc, Mion McGregor did uh, some, has done some singing in some of his movies. True, but then again, he didn't really play singing Obi Wan Kenobi. True. But he's he's a good-looking guy. Probably has more of an American accent. Um, not sure who I could see him as with these pictures, but I think he has some versatility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let me just take a look at this too. I'm, obviously, he's not a character. Uh, he's more of a character actor, from what I've seen. Probably people who from brought my know him from Broadway. It's cool that he's in here because he kind of falls into that semi-unknown category, kind of a lot like a lot of the people from the original Star Wars movies, who are kind of sort of known. I mean, Mark Hamill was basically unknown. Carrie Fisher was known because of her dad. Uh, Harrison Ford was in American Graffiti, and that was about it at the time. And then most of the older actors in there, you know, uh, Alec Guinness, Peter Cushing. And things like that were, were established actors. Some of whom who had done some kind of, in terms of Peter Cushing, had done some fun, schlocky movies in the past. And that's probably when he was told, it's a Flash Gordon type movie. I'm in. <laughs> I'll be a villain in a Flash Gordon movie. So, uh, seeing some of these younger actors. Yeah, he's done um, Betrayus in Two Gentlemen of Verona with um, Norm Lewis. I'm just trying to see what else is here. Um, Let's see. He's also done Blood Wedding. I've actually heard of that one. Um, but yeah, most of his stage work is just mostly just plays um, on Broadway. But it looks like he's has some classical training there. But um, like Jared said, I, I wouldn't mind if they also cast him in a villainous type of role too. Yeah, he's a guy who, based on his look, could play almost anything. It's very difficult for me to place him as any specific character off the top of my head. I could see him as you know some new Padawan, uh, but at the same time, I could see him as some sort of sneaky senator. Uh, but or I could also of see the him Imperial as Imperial Army. Yeah, and Imperial Remnants, or throw some makeup on him, make him some cool alien dude. You know, and, and as an alien, he could be a Sith, he could be a Jedi, he could be a Senator, he could be... He, he's a wild card. And I, I don't think he's anyone... He's, I don't think anyone who is going over the list of possible actors would have ever chosen him. But the point is, he has a huge acting resume, um, Broadway resume, has classical training at Juilliard. So I'm really looking forward to see what they cast him in. And, I, it, and it also shows shows you the fact that like um, the people that we've been discussing so far has some great things on their IMDb's even though they're not like huge players they're not like famous like celebrities they have some really interesting um, work they've done yeah and next we're getting as I was making reference to Peter Cushing and Alec Guinness we're getting to our, basically our oldest member of our cast here with Max von uh, Sido Sido I think it's Saito. He was in the Seventh Seal. I made a mistake of thinking that he was playing Death, but if you remember, if you if you're familiar with the Seventh Seal, essentially, it's about Death and this young man, and the fate of his life relies on a nice game of chess. In addition to that, he was the he was a 
uh, Chief Justice Fargo in Judge Dredd, the Stallone version. Uh, obviously, it's the only one that had Chief Justice Fargo. Is he the guy who said it goes law? No, no. That's, that's uh, Armando Santi from the Odysseus miniseries. One of the most underrated Greek actors out there. No, no, no. He's, he's the old man who, in order for Judge Dredd to not get executed, retires. Because apparently that's how that works. Um, he was also the, one of the priests in The Exorcist and Exorcist 2, the re-exorcisting. Um, let's see what else he goes here. He, he did a voice of, in Elder Scrolls, which I think is awesome, as Esbern. He was also the voice of uh, Vigo um, in Ghostbusters 2 and in Ghostbusters the video game. Right now, I'm sensing Sith Lord. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He was also uh, Walter Loxley, uh, Robin Hood's father, in uh, the Robin Hood Kurt, Ru- Kurt Russell, uh, Russell Crowe movie. Second person from that movie here. He's also in Shutter Island, which I highly recommend, and The Wolfman, which I can't remember. Oh, as passenger and train. Oh, okay, so he wasn't anyone in The Wolfman. Never mind. Shutter Island's fun. He's also done some really interesting things in the 80s, too. And if you're a schmancy schmancy person, you probably know him from the Tudors as uh, Cardinal von Waldberg. Yeah, this guy has a pretty extensive resume that dates back to like the 40s and 50s. So he's been active for like a really long time. And a lot of his roles have like the deeper menacing kind of um, demands. Yeah, even when he's a good guy, like in... uh and the Exorcist, he's still, you wouldn't mess with this guy. And I like that, I mean, I could see him as a brand new, older Sith Lord. That would be the most prominent thing I could actually see the music for, because he has that deeper timber of a voice, that voice like, I will kill you. I don't need a lightsaber, I will choke you or lightning you or just go into your brain and like tear, tear your mind out. I'll, I will shatter point your sorry but You know, I, I can see something along those lines with him as this really good threat. Um, I, I, the thing I don't want to see is I don't want to see him as just some generic Imperial commander, you know, like Peter Cushing as Tarkin is memorable, but Tarkin also gets blown up in one movie and then we never really see of him again. And even in the expanded universe, there's very few books, uh, talking about young Tarkin. He only appears in a couple, uh, stories, usually in a character's flashback or something. Um, and thanks to Kevin J. Anderson, Kevin J. Anderson actually built up Tarkin's character in the uh, Jedi Academy trilogy, which, while not my favorite Star Wars story, I do like a lot of the ideas he came up with. So, like I said, I don't want him as some Imperial commander who gets blown up. I want this guy to stick around. I want him to be this cool, lingering threat, like, oh, Palpatine thought he was so powerful. He didn't know anything about the dark side. You know, something like that would be so cool. You know, heck, if they want to reference the expanded universe, he could play Darth Plagueis. We could actually point out that Darth Plagueis somehow survived being uh, spoilered. I'm not going to spoil how he dies. It's just pretty awesome, though. Um, but if you read the book Darth Plagueis, he could play Darth Plagueis. And, it, and that's the one referenced in Episode 3. So the character is a real, legit character referenced who, could ma- who mastered the power of death. So now if the guy who trained the Emperor, who learned to overcome death, is your villain? That is one hell of a villain to take on. How do you beat someone who can't be killed? These are all just, you know, theories and stuff, but I would lo- I I can't see him as anything other than a villain. 
Next is actually an actor who is a big surprise, but an awesome thing for me. It is John, and God help me on pronouncing this name. Uh, Boyega. Boyega. Thank you. Uh, I know this guy from Attack the Block. He plays Moses. And if you don't like that, you can go home and play FIFA. Sorry, referencing Attack the Block. Um, which also makes me wonder if uh, Andy Serkis is going to play a gorilla wolf mother effer. I can love Attack the Block. Beyond that, he doesn't have a huge resume. Uh, he's just a younger actor. But he's in the new 24 season that's starting on Monday. Um, or, yeah, because this will be posted before Monday. Monday the 5th. I keep seeing the commercials for uh, 24 Die Another Day. And, or excuse me, Live Another Day. Because they couldn't come up with a more creative title. Madonna's um, doing the theme song. Yeah, really. <laughs> but he's going to be in that. And I'm actually curious... And it has him listed here for four episodes, so we know that at least he survives four episodes. That show has a large body count, if you've ever watched 24. Oh, it looks like he survives for a couple of hours. Yeah. Yeah, he gets a good, at least half the day here, according to this. So we'll see who, what, what his character really is, because Chris Tanner doesn't tell me anything about his character. I'm becoming Human, that's like, it looks like another Fox show that he was on. Uh, that was Being Human, though. I don't know what 2011. Oh, my bad. Yeah. It's a few years Law ago. Law & Order UK. I want to see Law & Order UK. I am obsessed with this now, knowing that that exists. How do you think Law & Order UK would go? Oh, my. He appears to be dead. Indeed. Should we investigate? After tea, yes. But not, after, but not before. Tea time starts in 15 minutes. So we better get to a good tea shop soon. Okay, how would SVU go, then? Mm, this is good tea. What about that girl who got raped? I know. But first, tea time. Hmm, that is jolly good. Right, we guess we should investigate that. As soon as tea time's over, another ten minutes. The queen demands this. It's just like the, the most polite thing ever. Uh, most of his work is British, obviously, because uh, it's cool to see him in an American production. And he's, he's younger. Um, on the extreme, I could totally see him as Lando's kid. It would be a really weird choice for just Lando, like, hey, but he's not, but uh, Billy D. Williams isn't on the list of anyone. I um, noticed that, too. And Billy D. has been doing, like, a campaign saying, like, hey, hey, I want to be in episode 7. Hey, me, me, I want to be Lando again, I'll be cool. Um, I, could I, see I think I was one of the few Lando apologists that was out there. I actually did, did, did like, Lando's character. Oh, everyone loves Lando. Is there people who hate Lando? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. I was really active in the Star Wars um, online communities back in the late 90s. I remember seeing a lot of hate for Londo. And then, but then I don't really see him as a marrying man, but if this is like his kid oh, or something. Never, never said he had to get married. I was, yeah, that was going to be my follow-up. It's like, is he like Londo's illegitimate kid or something? Because I could see like him and Han like zipping around the galaxy, like still doing like smuggler-ish stuff. And mm-hmm. it's like. Just hooks up on a random Twi'lek. <laughs> Just is sitting there and it's like, I can also see, see like, uh, John playing, uh, you know, Lando's son and just locking on the door. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my dad said you could teach me how to shoot a, shoot a blaster better than anyone else. Uh, who's your dad? The only black guy in Star Wars. My God, Mace Windu's son. The other only black guy in Star Wars. Lando's son. <laughs> um... I, I would assume that I, I like I like him as an actor. He's awesome. I highly recommend Attack the Block. It's obviously it's it, it is him fighting aliens. So um, 
Also, this guy's been receiving a lot of attention from like a lot of um, liberally um, pe people. It's like, yay, Star Wars is gonna have a person of color in the cast. <laughs> as opposed to the other, as opposed to five of the other six films. I mean, like Oscar Isaac's like, I exist, I'm Latino, I yeah. exist. Yeah, we, we actually, they actually do have them in, but yeah, there, there'd be a lot of white people in, in Star Wars. Uh, happens when you film like chunks of it in Europe and stuff. Uh, can't can't really defend that. Like that's I I've said nothing to do with casting, but uh, it's what you have available at the time. Yeah, and bear in mind the original Star Wars was a fairly low budget production, despite how good it looks. Um, they basically had no faith in it. They're like, oh, you're trying to do like a new uh, Buck Rogers kind of thing. All right, good luck with that. <laughs> like, yeah, you're doing a new Flash Gordon, a new Buck Rogers. You know, that's what it was viewed as. It wasn't going to be viewed as this will be this huge epic that everyone will go to. It's like <laughs> laser swords. Yeah, that'll work. People totally want to watch an old guy fight some dude in armor. That's what we. That's what the kids would want to pay for. So no one had faith in the original movie. It's because it became a hit that they were able to get bigger casts and bigger sets and bigger battles and stuff. And then you know the prequels were just going buck wild because Mel Lucas lives on a giant pile of money surrounded by many 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 nerds who worship and adore him but yeah I, I could see him as, as Lando's kid I could see him as possibly some new Jedi that Luke's training I could see him as and he'd have to be obviously someone younger um, and those would be the two main ones I'd use for, I don't see him becoming a villain I don't think they'd make a villain that young or if he's going to play a villain, he'll fall to the dark side. But, you know, it'd be cool for something like that. I mean, I'm hoping that I can do something really weird. Like, I'm Mace Windu's grandson. Uh, how did Mace Windu have a kid? And you're not supposed to do that in the Jedi Order. Um, he lost a bet? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm actually excited about this. It's kind of cool to actually find out that this guy who I was like, well, he's probably going to do go off and do a bunch of British stuff is actually doing some cool stuff. And even if that thought was the case, I just hope they drop the whole midi-chlorians BS. Yeah. Well, bear in mind, it was not referenced, I think, at all. And um, I think the only other time it was referenced in the prequels is episode three, where Emperor Palpatine is doing that speech about, you know... Darth Plagueis and how he could manipulate the Melodicorians to create life and stuff like that. Um, possibly bringing up a reason for how, like, Shmi Skywalker got pregnant, which is kind of creepy to think about, that some old Sith Lord just went on Tanui, pointed at a woman and said, like, You. You. <laughs> like, I don't want to... I hope that that's not supposed to be Anakin's actual origin, because that's just creepy as all else. But whatever. Okay, the last piece of the puzzle. Is Daisy Ridley. This is... I'm just looking at her... She's pretty. I can see her as Leia's daughter. Oh, yeah. She definitely has a resemblance to Carrie Fisher. Mm -hmm. I can definitely see her as um, Leia's daughter. Now, sadly, her list of roles isn't particularly great. She's only had eight things according to IMDb, and that's including Star Wars, so... Well, it's always nice to have something fresh on there, but... I'm not quite sure what her training what her training is. I mean, the only thing I really I really worry about is even though it's in the hands of Disney, I never as much as I like Natalie Portman in other movies, she was just so stale. 
in the prequels. Well, I think part of the problem with that was George Lucas directing. True. Uh, as anyone can say who has worked with Lucas, he is not an actor's director. So he was never there to try to bring out their emotions. He was more there of like, can we get this dialogue stuff done so I can go back to doing cool special effects? Because it also seems like the writing was also a huge, yeah, huge piece of crap for the prequels, dialogue and story-wise. But getting back to Daisy story, Ridley... I, story, I think there was some potential. They just needed... He needed some a, a professional to rewrite everything and possibly a second unit director or something. like Not a second unit. That's the person who goes off to the weird sets. Um, yeah, even, even possibly a second unit director or someone there to try to get people to emote. Like, if he, if he was producer, story, and stuff like that, the kind of more of a behind-the-scenes puppet master type... I think the prequels could have been a way, way, way better. I think he sabotaged it by because of his ego. And I think he knows that from the stories I've heard uh, from behind the scenes on Star Wars, the Clone Wars cartoon, because he was involved with just about every episode. Actually, I think I've heard every episode he had some input on. But he basically was at a point of saying, yeah, my ego screwed up the prequels. Let's not screw this up. If I say something stupid, tell me it's stupid. In exchange, if you say something stupid or that doesn't work with my vision of Star Wars, I will tell you it's stupid and doesn't work with my vision. Because the Clone Wars TV series is actually pretty enjoyable. Yeah. It's all on Netflix. And it gives you the Anakin you, that Obi-Wan describes in, a, in the original Star Wars. I refuse to call it Episode 4 because it did not go to theaters as Episode 4. It went to theaters as Star Wars. That stuff was added later. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot, of, a lot of little minor things. A couple of TV shows here. None of which I've ever seen. She's 5'7". Yeah, she's 5'7". So she's Todd Scythe. So yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing... So yeah, hands down, she's definitely Leia's daughter. But I'm kind of wondering what direction they're going to go with that. Because they haven't confirmed or denied for if we're going to get the twins. And I think they had another kid, didn't they? They did. They had uh, Anakin Solo, eventually. Which, I like how the fact that, like, that imp does basically outright say that eventually Leia forgave her, forgave her father for being a complete dick. Um, I want it, but that's me. <laughs> uh, and heck, Luke Skywalker eventually has a kid of Mara Jade. He has uh, Ben Skywalker. So, um, and I'm, look, honestly, if they do give Luke a Mara Jade... Marjade as his wife or a Marjade-esque character, you could technically have uh, that Bill Weasley guy playing Ben Skywalker. Which would be interesting, but it'd be kind of weird because it's just like out of nowhere, Luke just has a wife. You know, and I think that would throw people off. Like, wait, wait, where did she come from? Well, as long as it's not Callista, we're all good. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, that's, that is our, our cast. Thus far, that has been announced. This is a pretty strong cast. And the thing is, like, the Silo Twins... You know, were, I think, more or less a creation by Timothy Zahn. They may have been a, a Lucas creation that Timothy Zahn wrote about, but they don't necessarily need to be in these movies. They could have one kid. They could have two kids who aren't twins. They could have three kids. You know, because they're not basing this on anything, there is a lot of wiggle room to do kind of whatever they want. And most of the talent here is pretty well tested, very good actors, and you got J.J. Abrams, which... As much as I'm not the biggest fan of his visual style, J.J. Abrams has done some awesome movies. Um, the, his Mission Impossible movies were really good. Uh, silly, but it's Mission Impossible, and it's basically watered-down, Americanized James Bond, so you kind of get what you pay for for those. 
Um, believe he did, uh, um, shoot, the camera one, um, Super 8. Yes, he did Super 8, and I, I did enjoy that movie. I freaking love Super 8. It is like a Goonies of the modern age, uh, which I doubt will ever get that love that it truly deserves. I recently deserves. watched Super 8 again, and to me, it's just one of those enjoyable movies that kind of has a Spielberg-esque feel to it. It really does. And it feels like it gets better every time I see it, because we saw it in theaters, and we went in not knowing to th what to think of it, but I wanted to give it a chance because I really like these kind of horror suspense movies. And I do recall just being like at the edge of my seat a lot. And to quote Red Letter Media, say what you want to say about J.J. Abrams and the uh, other uh, sci-fi series he did. Um, <clears throat> at least he keeps you on your seat. He keeps you engaged because the prequels, I admit, when I was in a freshman in high school with episode one, my brain couldn't keep up with the politics because I just felt like it was just politics this, politics that, with like the especially with the first two episodes. And it was. And I was like... Guys, something happened. Something happened. Something happened. Yeah, the, and again, another problem with the script was the pacing and who cares about this politics stuff. That should have been happening behind the scenes. We shouldn't have been following politicians as characters. We should have just been given the Cliff's notes by someone saying, Oh, the Senate has decided this. Jedi, go do that. And then the Jedi go off and do that. And then they're like, wait a second, we're being manipulated by the Senate like idiots. And you know, like, the, like, like to keep your audience engaged it doesn't always have to be action 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 you just make something interesting happen on screen make it easy to follow because star wars is an all ages type of thing meant yeah. for everyone and and one of the points that george lucas said and it was one of his rules when they were taking it taking and running with it and something he had he told people in clone wars he told people with rebels star wars is about family when it comes down to it it's about family it's about slight very strange family relationships, but it's about you know, family relationships, about how you deal with the people in your family who have become criminals or have done bad things, making choices, deciding who to side with in your family, you know, and what leads to that kind of that self-destruction that sometimes happens within families. And I, 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 when I hear that, I go, you know what, that does make sense. And specifically, of course, the, the movies are about the Skywalker family. And you know, there's a lot of stories that can be told. We could go down the generations. Uh, I'm just hoping whoever the new kids are, they're going to be likable and engaging. But, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of going over some of J.J.'s things here. And him as a producer, you know, he has a bunch of TV series. Revolution, Person of Interest, Believe, Almost Human, which sadly got canceled. Uh, obviously, he did the Trek films. Fringe, which I loved. And he watched Fringe. Alcatraz, which I never watched but heard good things about, though I heard it got canceled as well. It's um, Fox, what'd you expect? Undercovers, which I've never even heard of. But you have Lost, which I loved, even though that fell apart whenever when half the writing staff went to do Heroes. Oh, he worked on a Star Trek video game. Good for him. Like, yeah, more Lost. Um... But yeah, his, he has a really good, just as a producer, alias, of course, you know, Felicity. <laughs> so he knows an orc of young female actors. But, you know, that's just his production credits. That's excluding, you know, the tons of writing he's done, the directing he's done, which actually I think is probably more important for us here. Let's sip over to Yeah, I, I'm, really, tr I'm really trying to keep an open mind about this because, as we mentioned earlier in the show, there's always been this running joke that Star Wars and Star Trek do not touch each other. 
Well, even uh, Abrams confirmed before we got this list, he will use no one he uses in Star for, that he used in the first two Star Trek movies since he's not directing the third one. Uh, but all the actors in those movies he will not use in Star Wars because it's just too weird. You don't need Kirk to also be a Jedi. It would just mess people up. Um, but yeah, on, on his directing side, we have Star Trek Into Darkness, which was terrible. Super 8, which was awesome. Uh, Undercovers, which I never saw. Ray, uh, Abrams Trek, which was okay at best. Um, Anatomy of Hope I've never heard of. He did an episode of The Office. I'll have to check that out. I have, like, the whole series. It's called, it's called Cocktails. Uh, it's from 2007. Mission Impossible 3, which is cheesy fun. Alias, which is cheesy fun. Lost, which was pretty good and then fell apart. And Felicity, which I never watched because I have taste. Yeah, so he, he's had some hit and misses, but I don't blame his first, like, directing thing, Felicity, is like, I think that's more of a weird, considering what he did the rest of his career, that's a weird, like, anomaly. That was his first gig, and, and did a good job from what I've heard, though I hear the last season is completely stupid and ends up being a dream the whole time because they were out of ideas. Actually, the story behind the last season screw-up is that it was meant to be a half season, but they ended up getting extended to a full season, so they had to expand the story, and they just threw in every weird idea they had because they just needed to get it done, and thus they had it end with it just being a dream, which is completely stupid. They had, like, time travel, like, Felicity goes back in time to high school to try to prevent herself from dating the jerk and instead dating the nice guy, and whatever. I don't know, it was shipping war. It was a time travel shipping war, so... But beyond that, like I said, most of these things have been fun action. I, I liked Mission Impossible 3. It's nonsensical, but it was fun and exciting. Um, I love Super 8. And yeah, the most of the rest of you know, uh, Star Wars movies I'm not hugely fond of. Because he took out the parts of Star Wars, or Star Wars. He took out the parts of Star Trek that make Star Trek Star Trek. He took out the deep philosophical thoughts. He took out the exploration of the universe and study of the human condition. That's what separates Star Wars and Star Trek. Star Wars is a space adventure where you blow up where you blow up giant space stations and meet weird aliens. Star Trek is an exploration of the human condition. He completely ignored that for the movies. And someone posted when he got announced as director, I, how, I can't stand this. J.J. Abrams shouldn't be doing Star Wars. He, he's, he's the Star Trek guy. To which uh, my response on that post was, what are you talking about? He already did two Star Wars movies. They're called Star Trek and Star Trek II Into Darkness. Because they're basically Star Wars movies. It's a bunch of explosions and a plot with a lot of plot holes. And let's face it, even the good Star Wars movies have a lot of plot holes. Um, and yet, you know, that's basically what he did. So as I see that, I'm like, Dude, he's already done two practice runs at this. He knows what he's doing. And while I have issues with the visuals and I have issues with the story, the one thing I cannot fault the t two Trek movies he did for is the acting. The acting was actually good in both movies. There's certain aspects of the direction I didn't like, but the acting was good. Even Cumberbatch, who usually has the charisma of a styrofoam block, still had that level of charisma, but at least his acting was decent. I've only seen his one Star Trek movie, and that was in theaters with you guys, and I actually did enjoy the acting, I did enjoy the casting, I thought the people in the ro who filled the roles of the char classic characters... Oh, casting was great too, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, casting. This guy knows what he's doing with that as well. So I have like high hopes, and considering that these are all new original characters, um, assumingly so, I'm just hoping, I'm also hoping that we just get some really interesting characters here. Yeah, and I mean, memorable I can, characters right. is the other part, because... 
uh, as was brought up in the Red Letter Media review, I also recommend that if you have the time, watch their prequel reviews. Um, they bring up in, I think it's the episode three review, how many of these characters are we really going to remember? You know, and he goes through like a list of like 10 different like minor alien characters whom we see on screen for, you know, who's going to re really remember Watto? Even though I do because I'm one of those nerds. But if I think if I said, hey, remember Watto from the prequels? Someone would go, uh, was he one of the Jedis? Was, was he one of the... Was he, well, he was in the bad guy aliens in part two, right? And I go, no, he was the junk dealer in part from, one. From Glendale. Yeah. He was the supposed, the possibly Armenian junk dealer. Um, Which, by the way, um, I don't want to sound like an SJW here, but just amount of stereotypes of cultures imposed onto episode one was cringeworthy. Yeah. Well, even episode two has a little bit of that still going. Uh, but not as I like bad. to forget episode two exists. We, we all do. Uh, the only one that actually didn't really have that was episode three because it was almost nonstop action, and then a little scene of Anakin being like, "I don't want my wife to die," and then it was more nonstop action. All I so. remember from episode three is all the memes and no spawned. Yeah, the no memes are great. Um, I, I do like the the memes that come out of the "You were the chosen one." <laughs> I've seen that for certain video games that like everyone was excited about, and then it failed, and it's like you were the chosen one. And just any time like Anakin interacts with Padme, I think of the room because he's like, "You're beautiful, Padme." Are you saying my love has blinded you? Oh, it's the most. You know what they say: love is blind. It, it's definitely one of those things where. You and I have both known people in couples who sound exactly like Anakin and Padme in Episode 3, and, and Episode 2 from that matter. Uh, we, we know people who are like that, and it's hilarious to me whenever I see that, because I can start hearing the voices of those people I've met throughout my life who are in those really weird cardboard relationships that you're like, you guys, you're just saying this because people expect you to say it, right? You don't actually feel these emotions because that's not what normal people say to each other. Oh, hi, Palpatine. How's your sex life? It's good. Good! <laughs> I mean, whatever do you mean, Anakin? I always have expect in those prequel movies for him to just end a sentence with like an evil laugh at the end and be like, I mean, find out about these clones, Obi-Wan, and uh, who made them? <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, I, I was a cough. I was coughing. It, it sounded like an evil laugh, uh, Senator Mappleton. Uh, it's cough. I, old man cough thing. I should go do the clone thing. <laughs> because I'm like, he is so, like, ish. They, they, in the books, try to play up, like, oh, Mappleton is so charismatic and whatever. Like, no, this dude is, like, clearly evil. He, he may as well be wearing a sign saying, I am the bad guy. <laughs> Because there's nothing about him that seems trustworthy or charismatic. It's just like, dude, he's a manipulative dick, and you can kind of tell from episode one. And, and no, that's, I know that's kind of the point. Palpatine is not supposed to be a good guy at any point, but if your whole premise is I want to trick the Jedi into basically self-destructing, how about not walk around looking like you're going to bust out into an evil Tomo laugh at any minute? Just saying. Just... The, the, the point for direction for this movie. Please don't have your villain, if he has to be see a secret villain, not be a super obvious secret villain. We kind of knew it was going to be Palpatine from the get-go. Right, but the characters in the movie don't know that. 
Yes, we all know that because we've seen Return of the Jedi um, and read the books. In case you didn't know Emperor Palpatine's name from Return of the Jedi. Uh, also, something I noticed with like Star Wars is they tend the movies. I don't know if this is just me or just some of the comparisons I've been reading, but when episode, when um, Return of the Jedi came out, a lot of people were making comparisons because we just um, got out of Vietnam a couple years early prior to to uh, Return of the Jedi, and they were com comparing the whole um, battle for Endor with the Vietnam War, and I remember hearing a lot of comparisons of Episode 3 with the war in Iraq. Uh Attack of the Clones actually did get a lot of comparisons. Yes, to okay, our, yeah, I remember that our too. Very, our very flimsy reasons for going off to Iraq. I mean, even Mad Magazine did the uh, Clone of the Attack poster with uh, George Bush uh, and... Uh, Condoleezza. Condoleezza and stuff like that on there, uh, taking the faces of the various people in there. And Dick Cheney's 3PO. Saddam Hussein was on, on the poster. <laughs> Featuring Saddam Hussein from episode one. <laughs> It's something like that. It's a funny poster. You can oh find God, it. Oh, God. Can't unsee Saddam Hussein seeing you be. He's on a tank. But, yeah, it's... That one did in the whole, you know, you know, you're with us or you're against us kind of mentality that is brought up in that movie can easily be compared to how things were going on at the time. Endor to Vietnam is kind of an odd one, other than they both take place in a forest. But that... The problem was the, the the issues in Vietnam versus the issues. I mean, if you're taking from the Imperial side, and they're the Imperials have a foothold there. It's not like the Imperials are invading Endor. They have a foothold. They have a base already established, and apparently had no problems with the locals until the rebels show up and go, "Hey, cute teddy bears, do you want to kill dudes in armor?" And they're like, right, "I guess, hey, guys, we're cool with this." That golden guy's one of our gods. He says we should. Okay, I guess we'll throw our lives away for a god. And thus, it's, it's more like an Ewok Jihad, if you actually think about it. God tells them to go out and kill stormtroopers, so they do. So if That the makes e that movie okay. a lot more dark. Alright, so if the Ewoks are supposed to be like the Filipinos of the Star Wars universe, and you mention that this is an Ewok Jihad, and the Philippines has... actually does have like an Islamic-based... Um, liberation group known as the MILF, would that make the Ewoks the MILFs of the Star's universe? Yes. And that's an even more disturbing thought. That makes those Ewok movies really, really creepy now. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, it, it kind of is. It's, it's basically their god is like, hey, don't eat my friends. Um, and let's go to war with the Empire. And they're like, yay, God told us to kill people. I'm like, this is... This is kind of screwed up when you think about that. Especially because it should be in every android's programming not to impersonate a god. And granted, not like C-3PO was trying to, but they worshipped him and Luke used the Force, and, well, that made the illusion real. And then he told them the whole backstory of the characters in a really cool fashion. So any other thoughts with the new Star Wars movies, Jared? I'm actually more confident. I was so worried about the cast and all the rumors that were going up and about. Um, Adam Driver's still kind of a weird one to me, but I think I could totally see him as some buffed out uh, mercenary dude, and I'm hoping it's that. He looks too old to be a kid who was born, you know, like 25 years ago. And you gotta remember that Lennon Dunham is a shitty director, so. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the 
it goes without saying. Uh, she's no one has accused Linda Dunham of being a good director or a good writer. They've they've only accused her of making a show that appeals to a certain demographic and does particularly well. Uh, good for you. And then people and then she does the whole like I'm standing up for people who aren't like sexy bodied people and I'm like yeah. Thanks for taking your clothes off. That's something we were all looking forward to. Yay. Louder? Yay. Louder? No. Not for Luna Dunham. <laughs> Not even a sarcastic yay. Um, yeah, that probably burned some bridges. I don't care. <laughs> Wait a second, what nerd gives a crap about girls? But yeah, I was worried about that. But that was the only casting thing. That was the one rumor that was true. Um... I don't know, after looking at him and the way I started thinking about it, I, I, I think Abrams knows what he's doing. If there's anything that his TV shows and, and as producer and director have shown, he knows how to cast, he knows how to direct actors to give a really good uh, performance. He gets over-stylized if his lens flares and stuff like that, but you know what? It's Star Wars, and I think I'm kind of fine with that when you have a cool space battle. I played the Wing Commander games, for God's sake. If you play Wing Commander 4 or Wing Commander Prophecy, the games are like 50% lens flares. So, um, it's fine for me. You're going to do space battles and have lens flares? Yeah, that happens in space battles. I, uh, free space, for God's sake. Um, it's just part of what came with, with those games. And so, yeah, I'm fine with it. Um... I'm, my bigger worry, actually, is the returning cast. Is actually, I'm more worried about, you know... Uh, my biggest worry is Harrison Ford, because... Phoning it in. Yeah. And he has been doing that. I mean, look, if he didn't put out the effort in Indy, what are the odds he's going to put out the effort for Han Solo? You know, and, and don't give me the whole, oh, well, he didn't like Indy versus Aliens. I'm like, then he should have spoke up. He has enough clout, and he's the main character that he could have spoken up to Spielberg or Lucas and said, this Aliens thing is stupid. I want to find the lost gold of Babylon. I watched a cartoon about some French guy who did that. I want to do that too. And then someone comes up. Actually, that was the plot of one of the games. Shut up, you. Shut up. How dare you, sir. It, it was the plot of one of the games. Um, it was finding Babylon. It wasn't specifically the gold. Um, it was some other Babylonian. So your worry is like the um, the veteran actors coming in. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid Carrie Fisher might fall off the wagon. There's already been rumors about that. Um, I, Mark Hamill will be fine. Yeah, um, but Harrison Ford phoning it in. Peter Mayhew and his arthritis. Uh, Kenny Baker dying inside of the metal coffin they put him inside of. <laughs> You know, some of these actors, in terms of Mayhew and Baker, they're both very old at this point, especially because uh, little people do not live as long as regular normal people. So, you know, I'm kind of worried about the, their health. I'm worried about Harrison Ford phoning it in. I'm worried about Carrie Fisher. You know, those are the things I'm worried about more than anything else. This young cast looks pretty good. And I like that Abrams wants to do a send-off for their heroes, but I figured having a bunch of teddy bears singing Yub Nub while doing a cool little dance and hitting uh, Stormtrooper helmets as I drums. was happy with that, and you know what? I actually wouldn't mind seeing Carrie Fisher having a writing role because she was one of the screenwriters for Austin Powers. Yeah. She's 
because she's a couple been books too, actually. Yeah, she's been taking more of a role as a writer than as an actress um, in the past several years. So I'd like to see her take more of that role because I think that's more of her calling than really is with the screen. Like, yeah, she was great in original movies, but I think she she's a lot happier writing. Well, she's great in The Burbs and great in Blues Brothers as well. True. Uh, I, I would say, well, the thing is, when the rumors were going out about her falling off the wagon again, I was like, well... You could technically not have her in the movie and have her be, you know, dead. Uh, you could also... My, my, one of the things I was hoping when the rumors were going out and about is, hey, maybe they will do the Timothy Zahn books and we'll just recast the main three. Um, That's what I was saying, too. Because you don't have to too. recast Chewbacca. You could keep Peter Mayhew. It's just a dude in a suit. But you could get younger people who would buy them. And you know what? It would be rough seeing a new person as a slightly older Han Solo. Yeah, but would I be fine with it? If the guy's a good actor, yeah, why not? At this point, it's better than seeing Harrison Ford do the whole like, okay, Luke, here we go again. Let me get in the Millennium Falcon and we'll fly somewhere, I guess, whatever. Chewie's the hyperdrive still broken? Ah, damn it, stupid hyperdrive. Let's guess we'll go in that asteroid field. Uh, Mr. Solo, not that not to be a uh, dumb gold bot, give me my medicine while I fly into asteroids. Like, I don't want to see him in plinket form trying to pilot the Millennium Falcon. I want to see him say some witty remarks. And, you know, look, honestly, if they're cameos, if it boils down to them just kind of being cameos in, like, certain scenes in the movie, like... The solo kids hang, you know, come back from an adventure like, hey, mom, dad, we just defeated whatever, insert aliens. And it's like, you know, you got Perry Fisher up in some senatorial robes and you got Han Solo kicking back, drinking a beer. And they walk into their parents' place on Coruscant and their parents are like, you can't go flying off and having crazy adventures like that. I don't care if your Uncle Luke taught you how to be Jedi, you know. And that's the whole scene is just a little, like, family sequence somewhere in the beginning, and then we never see them again. I would be fine with that, too. Perfectly fine. Um, I think Mark Hamill, as Luke Skywalker, he's going to have to take a bigger role because he's the dude training the new Jedi. And so, you know, you kind of have to have that. And I think we'd be foolish to think that we're just going to veer off of the Skywalker family because you have six movies about the Skywalker family. Why would you veer off now? Um, but yeah, I think that's about everything I can really say on this cast list. Obviously, they'll probably add more people as this goes along. We'll pro hopefully for May 4th, we'll actually get a title. Because I think in that in and of itself would be super... I remember when they said The Phantom Menace, and everyone flipped out. They're like, what, what does that mean? Is it going to be some ghost? Is it going to be like some hidden assassin guy? Oh, what does Phantom Menace mean? I still don't know what Phantom Menace means. Neither do I. I don't know if it was in reference to Darth Maul, the Emperor. I don't want to think about young it. Young Anakin is young Anakin because he eventually becomes a villain, but initially he's just some little kid. He's more like Dennis the Menace. He's more like Dennis the Menace in the beginning, but you know he eventually does become a bad guy. You know, is it supposed to reference him? I, I don't know. I have no idea what it's supposed to specifically reference. And some people say you're not a real Star Wars fan for that, and I go, screw you. I've read almost every book, so shut up. Including Except for. You suck Von War. I don't read that crap. You, they, they killed Chewie. Screw you. I'm not reading your books. So, Jared, can you wrap this whole thing up in a nice little bow? I think I think it's about time that we can start the excited about episode seven 
uh, train or whatever, and it'll be a, an exciting way to spend uh, Christmas 2015 if it actually does come out on Christmas 2015, like they've been saying they want to do. So that would be a cool Christmas present in my book. Although, honestly, May 4th, 2016, I'm willing to wait for that because I would love to midnight screen this for my birthday. Um, I got to midnight screen Avengers on my birthday. Would love to midnight screen Star Wars on my birthday. That would be amazing. But we'll find out as we find out more because, like, like we said in the beginning, they're just trickling the information out and we'll just go as we go. And I'm pretty sure we're going to get a huge announcement on May 4th and they are doing another celebration this year. I want to go to celebration so bad. Yeah, we got, we got May 4th, we got celebration, and we got Comic-Con. So there's going to be news, and we'll cover it when, when it comes out. And until then, this is Jared for Scarlet saying, keep it bizarre because it's hip to be square, and may the force be with you. And also with you. We lift up our lightsabers. We lift them up to the force. And that's how you do a show, folks. What's our time on that? Um, it's about an hour. Good. That's what I wanted. So yeah, about my um, Star Wars Sailor Moon fan fiction. Hey. After seeing uh, Sailor Alderaan's last stand and the fact that we couldn't afford that picture still bothers me. Because I'm like, oh, what the, my wall. It's so tragic and so amazing. Just seeing her standing there, like, putting her hands up and trying to hold off the Death Star's beam. And I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, I, I was just so out of it earlier today. Like, I just made this whole Facebook status update. Like, yeah, I'm looking up news for Star Wars crystal and the holograms. The new character designs are, are, are based off Chrissy Marx's original renderings for Kodansha USA when it was released in the 70s. Good times. Paul Dini, who wrote, wrote the Pretty Cure prequels. I would love to see Paul Dini's take on Pretty Cure. I'd like to see Paul Dini's take on a lot of different uh, characters. One of the few guys who's really good at writing female characters. And the shirtless guy from Girls taking on the role of Tuxedo Rio. <laughs> Why isn't that guy playing Rio? That's just true comedy. I actually can see that. I can totally see him as Rio. And then at least like you can go and say, well, he still has the personality of cardboard, just like in Girls, but at least he doesn't wear a shirt in that movie, and you can see why Jerrica would be into him. Like, well, he looks good if I had his shirt. I mean, I still want to have hate sex with the 80s businessman dude, but uh, after the hate I sex, mean, I mean, people are just so butthurt and so picky about the character designs for Star Wars, Crystal, and the holograms. Yeah. I mean, people really should chill and just wait for a trailer. It's the magical time of remakes. And unnecessary... Well, yeah, I say unnecessary sequels, but in essence, it's kind of... The one thing this will open up is they're going to be looking for new writers and stuff to do Star Wars Expanded Universe stuff for the new Expanded Universe. And so you're going to also write Star Wars Crystal, Sailor Senshi of the Expanded Universe with Sailor Endor and her Ewok Guardians. Hey, Sailor Hoth is awesome. She has ice magic. She does. And then Sailor Coruscant is just like one of the mean girls. She wears yeah, pink every she's Wednesday. She's the galaxy of the, of the series. No, I'm thinking like she's like the popular girl who's all like into like what's it and everyone has to get along because they have a power of friendship that is stronger than the universe because the force brings them together. 
pretty fun. She goes to Tenui. I hate dirt, but I hate getting dirty, and I hate this planet! <laughs> it's Taylor Tenui and it's like the Jupiter group. Hey guys, cook some tasty food, and I produced, then I brewed for you the most popular drink on, the most expensive drink on Tenui. You, you poured us ice water? Yeah. And all the SJWs are complaining why aren't there aliens and why do they have long legs? Because they're aliens. You're allowed to have long legs if you're an alien. Like, why isn't there a Twi'lek um, Star Wars senshi? Gotta wait for s s uh, Star Wars Crystal Stars. When you get to there, one of the starlights is a Twi'lek. But pretends to be a human. Because otherwise, like, they could be found by... Yeah. And we have to find for the lost princess of Coruscant. <laughs> I wonder who it could be. Still, the saddest part of that entire series is the death of Sailor Alderaan. True. Very true. And then there's Sailor Bespin, who's basically the Venus of the group. Wait, how'd you associate Bespin with Venus? Well, one. Is like Bespin known for sex or something? Lando. True. Two. So are you like, saying like, like Bespin orange. is... <laughs> It's orange. Are you still like saying like Bespin is like the sassy, not sass, sassy black woman? Oh yes, we can have we can have a black senshi. Be great. Lando, not the only black dude of the Star Wars universe. That's not Samuel Jackson. And now we got a new guy. We got John Boyega. Bodega. Whatever. We have him now. Apparently, you can buy food out of Bodega. So now we have three black people in the entire Star Wars universe. But I still would feel weird if he's Lando's son, but we don't have Billy Dee Williams who wanted to be in this movie. It's just like, thanks Uncle Han. Sure thing, Lando Jr. Can you count how many Filipinos are there in Star Wars? Um, More than black people. There's Queen Brea. I'm not counting the Ewoks, those were midgets. They just, a couple of them happened to speak Philip Tagalog. Um, there were people in costume. You can't count them as Filipinos. Possibly Neemnam might be Filipino. No, Neemnam just has a speech impediment. Just like Stan. Okay, so he's... He's, he's Korean. He's Korean. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Fine with that. <laughs> we gotta get Stan to call says Neemnam. Then when he talks, we're like, oh my god, he does the voice? This is the best cosplayer ever. I'm like, he really is. He really is the best cosplayer ever. But you have and he no can be cosplay famous. How much, how much complaining he did about finding the right color gray for his outfit. You it's have to go through gray. 50 shades of gray. Yeah, it was insane. And for the face paint, he had to go through 50 more shades. Or no, he had to go 50 shades darker. darker. Damn it. <laughs> but for my Imperial uniform, he got those 50 shades free. Yeah, I can reference the third book. <laughs> God, that series is terrible. How did the fuck was that a thing? Maybe we could just do that for another Bizarro Files. What's wrong what with Fifty it? Shades? I've never read them, and I don't feel right ripping on something I've never read. And that movie is supposedly coming out eventually. Eventually being the key word. And I'm like, this is end up going to be like the showgirls of its time. I really do feel, not probably not as expensive as a production, which is where the big problem with showgirls was. If that was a small budget production and it failed, no one would give a shit, but it was a huge budget production that failed, so people completely give a shit. 
get another show for another day because oh, I want to rip I want to rip on Fifty Shades so bad on oh. a podcast or anything else. I want to do a discussion with the rise and fall of Elizabeth Berkeley. You know, Elizabeth Berkeley could never act. Like, true, there was no rise. It was just the slow decline. And then she was in Armitage. Yes, she was, but I think she did that before she was. <laughs>